Today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. Building in Faith. Sometimes what God asks you to do doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. But it's ours to obey, not to understand. Do you think they understood what they were doing? They didn't understand it. And sometimes God just says, listen, you obey me. You listen to me. You walk in this path of obedience. And I will, but, but, but God, but God, don't you know? Well, God knows. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see. You're changing our lives so we can be our hands and feet. Why does God ask us to do such unexplainable things sometimes? As Pastor Ed shares in his message, what is unexplainable to us often is what shows God's power and provision. Just as Joshua's army was asked to march around the city for seven days, we may be asked to do things that defy our understanding. If we do, however, we will reap the rewards that come from letting God fight our battles in His way. This will often reveal His glory and power in a way that is beyond our comprehension. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's edition of Building in Faith. Building in Faith. They were going to go into the promised land and they were going to wipe out the inhabitants of the land. And he says this, in 400 years, the iniquity of the Amorites will be full. That's important to understand. God was patient. He is not willing that any should perish. And he, for a long time, waits patiently for these people to return. Now, think about Rahab there in the city of Jericho. When she met the spies, what did she say? We know God is God and that he has given you this land. The inhabitants of Jericho heard that. They knew that. See, they heard about what God did to the Egyptians in the Red Sea. They heard about how God defeated the enemies of the Israelites as they marched through the wilderness. Shion and King Og and, and, and what God did to defend his people. They witnessed the parting of the Jordan. And God, for seven long days was giving them an opportunity to repent. They marched around that wall. And they marched around with the Ark of the Covenant sort of at the center and the trumpet of the priest blowing that trumpet. And they were declaring that God is God. The inhabitants could have come out and said, listen, we want your God. We repent. These people were wicked people. The land of Canaan was polluted. People were idolaters. They were involved in witchcraft. They were involved in all sorts of sexual immorality. They were involved in heinous sin. God has the right to judge. He is the judge of all the earth. God doesn't judge arbitrarily. It's not like someone with a blindfold and picking out um, the tail of the donkey in some game. Well, I'll try here. I'll stay up here or there. No. 
God's judgment is never arbitrary. It always fits the crime. It's always measured to the cent. God, historically, has judged this world. He sent a flood in Noah's day. He destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. These are all pictures of a final day of judgment. Some people are going to have a rude awakening. They've fabricated a God in their mind that merely pats them on the back and winks at their sin. Then some people who think they're Christians are going to wake up one day and they're going to be standing before a great white throne. And if you're standing before that great white throne, you just better give up the ghost because you're going to hell. There's a real place called hell. And God will judge the peoples of the earth for rejecting him, for spurning his laws, for turning aside from him. In Romans chapter 1, verse 18, the wrath of God is being revealed from heaven against all godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. God never judges at random. He always marshals his judgment to match our sin. In Romans 2.5 it reads, But because of your stubbornness and your unrepentant heart, you are storing up wrath against yourself for the day of God's wrath when his righteous judgment will be revealed. Sin always leads to death. Sin will put you on the ash heap of life. Now, there are those in the congregation that could say, yes, we know. We've been there. Where we've found rebellion against God doesn't pay. It brings you to the point of destitution and destruction. It's a picture of the judgment. I believe God saw something else. He saw their sinful determination. God saw their determination to be a sinful people. They weren't going to change. They had set their hearts, set their minds. They weren't going to repent. No matter what God did, no matter what miracles he showed, do you know what the Bible text tells us when the walls fell down? You know that the people in Jericho resisted? We're told that they fought. They fought futilely. They couldn't defend themselves because God was against them. They could have fell on their knees and pleaded for mercy. I believe that God put the story of Rahab in Jericho to show us that he will respond to a repentant heart. That he'll respond to someone, no matter what their past is, who cries out for mercy. But God also will judge sin. You don't get away with sin. Now God is too wise to make a mistake. He's too just to be unfair. And he's too good to do any wrong. He never makes a mistake when he judges. He's right on the money. You may have a twin sister or a twin brother. God won't make a mistake between you and them. One may live holy, one may live ungodly. God will judge righteously. One of the things that we must understand 
is that God's wrath will one day be poured out on this world. This world will be consumed in a bowl of fire. God will purge this world. We are in a conflict, but we're on the winning side. We are in the conflict of the ages, and it may seem that evil prevails for a time, but I want you to know that God will right every wrong. God will vindicate himself. Now, we've looked at God's wrath. I want us to look at the warfare. And in verses 1 to 17, it describes their warfare. Think about what a strange strategy this was. Have you ever read of a military campaign like this? Could you picture them at West Point teaching this type of military strategy? Well, listen, first you go around your enemy, and you have your priest, and they'll blow the horns, and then the men of war could leap ahead, but you just march around, and you don't say a word. And then you do that for one day, two days, three days. Well, what if the people come rushing out of the city? and attack you? What if they stand on the walls and throw boulders down and shoot arrows at you? What if this happens? What if that happens? God doesn't work the way we work. He wants us to recognize that our own hand cannot secure the victory and that he has to protect us and that the battle is his, his strange ways sometimes. In 2 Corinthians 10 verses 3 to 4, it reads, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. The weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Now, now picture Joshua going back, saying to the other leaders, saying to his officers and to the men, here's the plan. We're going to march around. All right, um, how about maybe some arrows, Joshua? No, no, no. Well, how about some ladders? We'll try and scale the wall. You know, we have some good battering rams. We'll go against the... No, none of that. None of that, Joshua? None of that? How many of you know we don't fight battles like the world fights battles? So-and-so gossiped against you. Okay, an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. Not really. You speak well of them. Hmm. Someone misuses you. You're kind to them. The weapons of our warfare are not like the world. Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay. We fight battles differently. We fight with the grace of God. And we fight His way. But God, they're going to laugh at me. Well, I could picture that first day as they're marching around the wall. The second day went by, nothing happened. And so they start heckling them. And God said in his word that they were to just be silent, not say a word. Sometimes God says, listen, let me take care of you. Let me fight your battles. Let me defend you. In Isaiah 55, 8, it says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Sometimes what God asks you to do doesn't make 
sense. It just doesn't make sense. But it's ours to obey, not to understand. Do you think they understood what they were doing? Do you think they understood everything? They didn't understand it. And sometimes God just says, listen, you obey me. You listen to me. You walk in this path of obedience. And I will... But, but, but God! But God, don't you know? Well, God knows. Now, we've looked at God's unusual strategy. Man's usual strongholds. In verse 1 it says, they held the city tightly. In Jericho, they, they closed everything down. It says, now Jericho was tightly shut up because of the Israelites. In the passage that we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, it reads that our weapons that we fight with, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. Do you know every single one you have a Jericho? Now, your Jericho may not be my Jericho, and my Jericho may not be your Jericho, but we all have Jerichos. Uh, some people's Jericho is the green eye of envy. They've grown up, and someone, maybe in their family or a friend, did far better than they, their family, their, their lifestyle. They've succeeded, and you eye that person. Some people's Jericho is some habit that they're battling with in their lives. And it seems like it's keeping them from being all that God wants them to be. Uh, some people's Jericho is an unforgiving spirit. Resentment that rises up again and again and keeps them from going further in and deeper down in God. Some people's Jericho is some loss in your life. Maybe it was a family member. Maybe it was a job. Something that, that's happened in your life. And it just is a Jericho to you. There are Jerichos represented here. And God has a strategy for you to win. And that's my third point. Winning the battle. Winning. In 6.2 it reads, Then the Lord said to Joshua, See, I've delivered Jericho into your hands along with this king and fighting man. Now, I have delivered. That's a prophetic perfect in the Hebrew. God was saying, it's already done. It's already accomplished. Just believe it. Just trust me. Just believe it. I've done it. They were commanded not to say a word. Speechless sounds of obedience. Speechless sounds of obedience. Here they were, walking around. They get back to the camp. The wives say, what did you do today? Well, we walked around. Well, what did you talk about? No, we, we couldn't talk. So they go out the next day. And they come back to the camp. The children gather around. The wives gather around. What happened? Well, same as yesterday. And the third day, and the fourth day, and the fifth day. and the, God's interested that they just obey. See, the key is the fight was fixed. It was fixed. All God wants you to do is stay in the ring. He fixed it back on Calvary when he allowed Satan to bruise his heel and he crushed the head of Satan. And all God does is say, stay in there. Stay in there. And you'll be assured of victory. You'll be assured of triumph. 
I like the way Charles Haddon Spurgeon put it. Faith and obedience are bound up in the same bundle. He that obeys God trusts God, and he that trusts God obeys God. And as he said, don't say a word. What's the hardest thing in the world to control? His tongue, right? If you can control your tongue, the Bible says you're a perfect person. That's the greatest battle, our tongue. Now, I could picture all these negative words that could have come out. They're marching around the wall. Could you picture some of the conversations that might have been, that could have been, that weren't, though? We're a slave, people. We came out of Egypt. We were a slave all those years. We don't know anything about fighting. And now Joshua has us walking around these walls. They could be saying, listen, our fathers were in the wilderness for 40 years. We're going to be marching around this wall for 40 years. No speech. Sometimes the enemy wants us to be so negative that we defeat ourselves. And so Joshua said, not a word, just obey. Don't look at how high those walls are. Keep your eyes on the promise. Don't look at how wide those walls are. Keep your mind focused on the word. Don't look at those walls, no matter how long they are. Fix your heart on his promise. Don't look at those walls, no matter how deep they go down. Keep your feet walking in the light of his word. They just had to obey. They had to obey. They had to obey day after day, time after time. And that last day... now. I like how many times in this chapter the number seven is used. Seven is the number of perfection. It's the number of God. They marched around seven days. And on the seventh day, they went around seven times. And then they shouted. And then the walls came down. Now, I love to read some of the comical statements by the liberal commentators. It was an earthquake. Oh, come on. You know, an earthquake part of the Jordan, now an earthquake did the wall. You know, that's, wouldn't it disorientate all of the people outside the wall as well as inside? It was an earthquake. No, no, no. Well, it rained, and they were mud walls, and they melted. You know, my God is a God of the miracles. He doesn't mean for men to script what he can do and can't do. Nothing is impossible with God. And until we come to the place that we believe that God is the God of the impossible, we're limiting the Holy One of Israel in our life. He can do absolutely anything. And he asks us to believe that. That's why he put this story in Scripture. The spectacular sights of obedience. You know what obedience is? The obedience of faith is the key that unlocks the door to the miraculous power of God. They saw incredible things when they obeyed. The Jordan River parting. The walls of Jericho going, whoosh, falling down. The obedience to God's word, to God's spirit in your life, will bring a life walking in the miraculous. The church sometimes cries out, 
Where are the miracles? God's saying, where are the obedient? Obedience is better than sacrifice. Oh God, I'll give extra money in the offering this week. God is saying, I want you to obey. Now you can give extra money, that's fine. <laughs> but God wants you to obey. Ordering our lives by this book. Back in 1994, it was the 50th anniversary of D-Day. And in one of the documentaries, it featured two unique perspectives on D-Day and the invasion in Normandy. Uh, one was a soldier who fought on the ground. And the soldier who fought on the ground looked at his situation and he thought, we would never win. It's impossible. And the other one was an airplane pilot who said, it's impossible for us to lose. Both saw the war from a different perspective. One from high in the air with a vantage point of the big view. One from the ground. God is saying to us, come up a little higher. I want you to have my vantage point on your life. Whatever your Jericho is, it can come down. Whatever you are fighting against. It's not bigger than the power of God. It's not greater than His power. Now, His strategy may not make sense. He may just say, trust and obey. Walk faithfully. Do my will. Just be silent. Just do what I want you to do. Maybe that Jericho is in your home and you're troubled about a home situation that you're facing. Maybe that Jericho involves children in your life and you're saying, oh Lord, what are you going to do in this situation? God just at times, just be silent, just obey, just believe. I pray that just as the Israelites cried and God said to them, I've given you the city, that there will be a shout that arises from this church that says, Lord, give us the city. Give us Poughkeepsie, God. Give us the Hudson Valley, God. Give us the lost, God. Give us the miraculous, God. And the echo comes back down from heaven and it says, follow the man with the drawn sword, the captain of God's host. Obey his every word. Listen to his instruction. Follow his strategy. Even though it goes against your flesh, even though it goes against your feelings, even though it goes against your emotions, even though it doesn't make sense, obey and watch the hand of God intervene in your life. I'm grateful that we have a God who specializes in the impossible. A God who, who brings down those Jerichos. The old spiritual that said, Joshua and the battle of Jericho, the battle of Jericho, the battle of Jericho. Joshua and the battle of Jericho. So the walls come tumbling down. Well, that's not exactly true. It wasn't Joshua. It was one with a drawn sword that Joshua was following. The captain of God's host. And when the people in obedience, that seventh time around that wall, shouted, God said, I'll put my hand on that wall and just push it right down. And God will put his hand on your life 
and he'll bring down every stronghold. Joshua is one of the most mighty warriors in all of the Bible. From the spies who were hidden by Rahab to the story of the walls of Jericho, throughout this book of Joshua, Pastor Ed will continue to point us to the Lord, sharing with us wonderful insights each time he teaches. Though Joshua isn't a book many study, it is rich with content that we apply to our daily lives as we walk with Jesus. You've been listening to Building in Faith, the radio ministry of Dr. Edward Jones of Faith Assembly in Poughkeepsie, New York. Now, we want to encourage you to log on to buildinginfaithradio.com to spend some time getting to know us and to stay current with what's being broadcasted here on Building in Faith. At the website, you'll find today's message for you to listen to again, download, or even post to your Facebook page to share with your family and friends. Again, that's all available when you log on to buildinginfaithradio.com. Or if you'd like, you can always give us a call. Our phone number is 845-462-5955. That's 845-462-5955. Well, that's all the time we have for today. In the next edition of Building in Faith, Pastor Ed will continue teaching verse by verse through the Old Testament book of Joshua. So be sure to join us. Until then, may God richly bless you. Your word restores.